0: Stuff I Didn't Write My Dissertation On is a podcast that covers a wide range of topics, some more sensitive than others. Relevant information and content warnings can be found in the episode description.
1: Hey there, thanks for listening to Stuff I Didn't Write My Dissertation On. Before we begin, this is a quick disclaimer that today's episode will be covering racial violence and rape. Listener discretion is advised. I'm I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. (laughs)
0: Okay, Kyra's muted so she can eat cereal, but welcome to Stuff I Didn't Write My Dissertation On. Today we're talking about violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, especially because that is
1: poignant conversation these days. It is. I'm Kyra. That was Emily. We joke that we want to call this podcast "Too Angry Feminists Rant About Everything, but... It's not our fault everything bad is happening right now yeah if something could happen that
0: would make me less angry
1: right I'd be I'd be a lot <laughs> happier. I'd be fine <laughs> true okay so we took a little hiatus because of just like a lot of stuff going on in personal lives like we had match uh, Emily took a ferry and life continues to happen. And I got the COVID vaccine and Emily's getting hers tomorrow. But needless to say, we're back and we're ready to roll. And so while this episode might be happening a little later, quote, unquote, I, you know, I was worried initially that it wouldn't be as fresh in people's minds. But ultimately, when we were discussing what we wanted to talk about, I said, well, even if it was, it's been a while, it's still a relevant topic. So when we talked about doing this episode, it was right after the shooting in Atlanta, and this is kind of coming off of the heels of a, an increase in Asian hate crimes. Uh, Asian hate crimes in a study conducted by the Center of the Study of Hate and Extremism, the CSUSB, they calculated that Asian hate crimes have nearly increased 150% percent from 2019 to 2020, without super correlating, causating, I, I think it would be a miss to say that, you know, COVID played a role with all this. I think that's a totally fair assumption. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Before we, there are so much shit. There is so much shit right now going on in the world. It. This is just a tip of an iceberg with the bigger picture we were talking about this like somehow 2020 like this last year because it's now 2021 in 2020 it seems that there was just this collective gasp within america saying oh my god like we're actually racist uh, on the heels of the murder of george floyd uh and brianna taylor just to name two people on this longer list of senseless violence against black people in this country so we want to cover that. We will cover that. It just, it wouldn't be right to try to balance both of these topics in one episode with the amount of time that we want to cover.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack.
1: A whole lot. Okay, so let me pull up. There is a an Instagram thread from at Angry Asian Feminist, and this was posted... March 20th. And it's a Twitter chain posted by Montreal Thigpen at MOT427. And I, I guess actually this is a good way to start it. So Emily, I'll ask you, did you learn a lot about racism against Asians in school when you were growing up?
0: No. Um, that is a really good question because I remember talking about various aspects of it but you know i mean american history classes are gonna gloss over the worst things like they always touch on them but they also gloss over them somehow it's like oh yeah we did this but right uh now it's over
1: yeah it's (laughs) so it's fine it's so brief and it's crazy crazy because i i mean i'll i'll start kind of outlining more as we go on but you know, my parents immigrated from the Philippines and I remember in junior year of high school, my junior year of high school, I, I just shared like a personal anecdote about the Filipinos view on America coming in and doing all the racist shit. And I still remember my my history teacher looking at me and it was for like a grade and she just said, no, that's wrong. So It is what it is. You, you learn history through a certain lens and it's crazy how much there is that's not even covered. So to go back to this thread, you know, our initial notes just had the Japanese internment camps, the Chinese exclusion act of 1882, but there is still so much more. And so I'm going to outline this and I'll be posting a link to this, um, on our social media channels when this goes live. In 1854, the US appealed the case People versus Hall, which ruled that Chinese people and anyone who looked Chinese couldn't testify against white citizens. In 1862, the Anti-Cooley Act imposed a monthly tax on Chinese immigrants seeking to do business in California. the Naturalization Act of 1870, it allowed African naturalized citizenship, but denied citizenship to Chinese and forbade all immigration of Chinese women the Chinese massacre of 1871 is when 500 white and Hispanic people ran through old Chinatown in Los Angeles. And this is, that's just the first page. I'm going to, there, there is still so much more. Um, So that's, I'll just say 1800s, obviously um, towards the end of the 1800s, you have the annexation of the Philippines, the annexation of Hawaii, which was illegal. And, then it just it just keeps going. There was um, Asians were barred from owning land in 1913. They were banned from immigrating in 1917. Uh, the Cable Act of 1922. Asian men and women were excluded from citizenship. Immigration Act of 1924 effectively banned all immigration from Asia. Um, I know a lot of people reference the Supreme Court case Loving v. Virginia. Especially in terms of interracial marriage, in the 1933 case Roldan versus LA County, Filipinos were ineligible for citizenship, and they amended anti-miscegenation laws so Filipinos couldn't marry white people.
0: Yeah, I um. So the main thing I remember learning in history class was the Japanese internment camps. That was mm-hmm. like the big one, right? Like that we learn about, of course. Um, But I, I don't remember talking about pretty much any of the like laws against Chinese immigration and like women and all of that. I don't, I don't remember very much about talking about Filipinos or like and then, of course, Hawaii was like, yay, we got Hawaii. We got as a if that 50th like,
1: state. Like, yeah. how exciting. As if,
0: as if that wasn't, like, a huge problem to a lot of
1: people. Yeah, and it's definitely eye-opening to essentially say, like, oh, wow, I didn't learn about any of this growing up. I didn't learn about any of this in school. And it's just, it's frustrating that... When I do hear about it, when you do learn about it, it's from a perspective of, but it was okay. It was justified. It was good. Um, When I hear people justifying the atomic bombs or the internment camps, again, it's just for lack of a better way to say it, it is a very America first centered policy. But when you say America first, there's really only one demographic that is being put first. Mm, I love that and then I'll okay all right cool we can we can head out now there you go that's the podcast (laughs)
0: that's that's a wrap that's no that's so good because that's exactly what it's talking about it's like only the people that we deem are the best apparently
1: and I I was saying this probably to you I say to everyone I'm like the system is working it's benefiting the people who put it in place and so that's why surprise people are getting upset because it's Right.
0: We're like everyone's upset because the system is specifically set to work against m- most people.
1: People can continue to argue that it doesn't happen anymore or that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not a thing anymore. And then you look at what's happening today. We people called it the Kung, Fu, uh, the coronavirus, COVID 19. They called it Kung flu. They called it the China virus. And we saw continued violence against Asians. So no, it's not a just happened thing, or it's not just it's it's been happening. It just hasn't been reported
0: or like thought of in that way, you know. Because it's re- when it is reported on, it's reported from the perspective of someone that's like not really experiencing what it feels like or, or yeah. how it is.
1: Yeah, because when I was in kindergarten, I remember that was my first real brush with people being assholes for no reason i i i can distinctly remember i was sitting waiting to go to i think music class and these two boys they were they they weren't white either they saw me and they said oh look at that chinese girl and then they both started going -ah!" and then they were making all of the like hand movements to mimic karate What the fuck? Yeah, and I remember, like, my face, like, heating up, feeling really embarrassed. And, you know, my first thought was, like, but I'm not Chinese. I'm Filipino. Like, why don't you know that? And that was my first real experience. And then my mom actually had a talk with me about what racism was the next year I was in first grade. And I loved the movie The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan (laughs) pre, you know, what, what happened there. But I, I really just want, Annie was the, the twins, you know, Hallie and Annie, Annie was too posh for six-year-old Kyra. I wanted to be Hallie. Like we would roll, I would role play it with a couple of friends. Like I wanted to be the Hallie. I wanted to be Hallie. I didn't want to be Annie. And I remember trying, like arguing, like, no, like you always get to be Hallie and the girl turned around and we were in class and we were still bickering about it because that's like a first grade thing and she turns around to me and she goes well you don't have the right skin color you can't be Hallie and then I was like well you don't have the right hair color and she's like yeah but you don't have the right skin color and I remember going home and I voiced my frustrations about that to my mom and my mom was like okay well like well, I, I don't know what went on in my mom's head but that was the night that I got my first lesson on what racism was cut to the next day assertive af kyra just marches up to this girl she's like my mom talked to me about racism last night and you're a racist and i totally i i remember
0: saying that can you imagine like being that kid though and and she's like oh my god i don't think she even knew what the word was
1: because her first thing was oh, like no i'm you? not i was six
0: i love that about you though that you're just like excuse me that's racist
1: (laughs) and you you are a racist yeah needless to say not much about me has changed it just kind of it just keeps going it gets (laughs) if you need the assertive friend you know who to call (laughs) more and more assertive (laughs) like I'm gonna be 28 this year had to think about that And, you know, I won't say it stopped. It stopped there. And I won't say that it necessarily has stopped. It's just, that's just the plight of growing up in this country. And that's some, and I had to talk about that with my husband a while back. I said, the way you were raised to be the world is very different from how I was raised to be the world. And it's very different from how black men and women have to raise their children in this world, because it's just, it's completely different.
0: Sorry, I have like two or three different thoughts going on in my head and I can't decide which one to say first. Okay,
1: start, with, start with the middle one. Wait, they're not in order. I don't know. Okay, just like, say... Th- it's like, this is this is 4D chess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just shout them out and then we'll discuss them. Um, I, yeah, I guess I was just thinking
0: about like that growth growing up with different perspectives, you know, like you're, you learn different perspectives and, um, and you're raised in a specific, I guess you're raised to view the world and experience the world in a specific way, depending on who you are.
1: Yep. I mean, I don't know if your mom did, but when I started driving, the first thing my mom said was like, if a cop is following you, you need to call, call someone if you can, or at least park in a well-lit place that has people in it you know just yeah
0: stuff like that and see my experience with like the conversation about cops was you can trust authority and you can trust cops and I don't agree with that anymore
1: it's it's just it's <laughs> but different but it's
0: so different you know mm-hmm. because it, largely statistically and likely like I, I probably can hmm um, and that's obviously incredibly unfair and not okay. I think everyone yeah. should be able to, but right, but here here we are. Here, yeah,
1: I'm like, and yet here we stand. What was your other thought?
0: Oh, I, I oh, I was thinking about how I've had conversations with um with my friends who are men about like h- how they are brought up to experience the world and like how I am as a woman am um, like where uh, you know like what you do like how you have to constantly be like aware of your surroundings when you're alone or even in like crowds and groups it's like so much more likely that you're gonna I don't know experience something negative and a lot of men just like don't think about that at all like walking around at night walking around mm-hmm. in general like they don't make sure sh- they don't have to like worry about if their phone is sticking too far out of their pocket like
1: or you know like putting keys between your fingers that
0: one was oh, a big one i have a um some advice about that one that i learned you should actually be really careful if you do that because what can happen is um it will also do a lot of damage to your own hand because mm. if you hit something if you like punch Something against the keys, they will all, they'll like be hit back against the pad of your hand. And that'll also like rip up the pad of your hand. So you be really careful. And if you would like to have something to defend yourself, there are specific things that can go on a key ring that you can hold on to that are like, that will like wrap around your fingers so that it won't hurt the pads of your hand if you need to.
1: I like that. Somebody up. And can you? Send me that. Mm, let's put that. Let's put that in our description. Yeah, I could link. Oh, they're called,
0: um, I don't know what they're called, but they're basically little like it's uh it's like a little cat. It has two things on it and yeah. it has like little ears. And yeah, the we'll we'll link it. I actually don't have one. I should get one,
1: but we should we should get one. Your birthday's coming up. No, no, I have your birthday gift planned, but we'll get we'll get one. <laughs> okay, so I think that's kind of just a really nice not nice, just a kind of broad (laughs) overview. I, we read that book for book club, which was We Are Not Free, which was the intern, it was a young adult fiction version of the Japanese American internment and reading that. And it was written last year. It just kind of made me more angry at treatment of people in this country and reading it from a lens of, this was before the shooting. And this was, but this was still like fresh after the 2020 election. I was just, I was mad. Um, And so I guess that's a segue to the shooting itself, which we said we would cover if you weren't following the news on March 16th. Mass shootings happened at three spas in Atlanta. Eight people were killed. Six were Asian women. One was wounded the suspect was a 21-year-old white man, and he said he was motivated by a sexual addiction at odds with his religious beliefs. Um, as of today, he has not been charged with a hate crime, but because of the rise in sentiment which we are discussing, it's, it would be wrong to not say that.
0: I don't see how that's not a hate crime. I don't see how like it's all of the victim's problem that this guy... It's having issues.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that's that's exactly how people were portraying it. The reports were saying he just had a bad day. And they were glossing over what it was. They just let it be. That, it makes me so mad because it's it
0: feels so akin to uh, just how men are let off for all sorts of things like that like violence against women and and like sexual assault as well where it's like oh are you really gonna like ruin their lives because of one thing they did or something it's
1: like well what what i don't i think of when you said that i thought of brock turner the stanford swimmer he raped an unconscious asian woman her memoir came out fairly recently and it's on my list of books to read her name is Chanel Miller, and, you know, he he got suspended from college, but he's just living at home now, and he got off after three months.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really good example of the kinds of things. There's video, if I recall correctly, there's video evidence of this happening, and he still only got three months for raping someone.
1: It's frustrating, and... The like when the guys were defending him, saying, Oh, he just had a bad day. I'm like, When I have a bad day, I mean, I had a pretty bad day today. Yeah, I wanted
0: you, you, you eat some cereal, you take a nap.
1: You- <laughs> yeah, I, yep, I ate cereal. I watched Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition. I took another nap and I played Animal Crossing. Nowhere in that day, this bad day of mine, I was like, you'd know what would make me feel better? Hurting other people. Right. Because
0: women aren't allowed to be emotional, right? But the only emotion that is acceptable is anger.
1: Right. And I guess to go back to him blaming his sex addiction, that goes into a bigger thing of the fetishization of Asian women Mm -hmm. in culture. The, um, Like we're... Asian women are either infantilized to be like young girls, or you get the other like the oh, like me love you long time, me so horny. Like and then or or you're a prostitute. There's really like
0: <laughs> there's no inventory. There's no inventory. It's <laughs> like combined or like oh. Yeah,
1: and then that's just gross.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a that's a huge problem. And it kind of um I think that it touches a little bit on like the fetishization of Asian women um it touches on the um what what's that phrase that I'm thinking of model minority yes is that right that's right where where like you're stereotyped and you're discriminated against but it's like you could argue it's like a positive like it's like somehow a positive or something you know like it's um praise kind of like oh all Asians are good at math for example you know it's like oh how could that be bad it's like well it's still stereotyping and it it's still like grouping entire groups of people together
1: there isn't oh sorry go ahead
0: oh well I'm basically done it's and it's still wrong to to sexualize an entire group of people and just Over sexualized women in general.
1: And I will post this link to an NPR article. And this was written in 2017. And the model minority myth, it purposely is used to divide Asians from, it it says here, model minority myth again uses a racial wedge between Asians and Blacks. And again, it just says, like, it always goes with this. It says, it touts Asians as being Asian Americans as being so prosperous, well-educated and successful. And then it's like, so that must mean racism doesn't exist because they're doing so well. But this NPR article actually highlights, no, not really, because once again, you're kind of lumping the different like groups of Asian Americans and it's at the road at the root of this it's the idea that black failure and asian success cannot be explained by inequities and racism and it's just simply well one group worked harder
0: right or is or is naturally better than the other or something like that and and it what it also does at least um like as an example in the us um it pits uh asian americans applying to like universities and jobs against each other instead of against the whole pool of people.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually remember when I was applying to college, I I really wanted to go to Rice University because it was in Houston. I wanted to stay close to home. I did not go to Rice. It's okay. I met my husband, so it worked out. <laughs> but people, you know, people were like, when I said that, oh, you're going to get in because you're Asian. Like they love, like, it's just the and also that it takes away
0: all of the aspects of you that work hard are, or that work hard that are reasons that your personality and your work ethic and your intelligence itself will get you in right. as opposed to like checking it, a box right it takes away your individuality and it also breaks you down into just one aspect about you and makes any, anything that you
1: achieve solely about your race. If I'm not the best candidate, I'm not the best candidate. But I I, I don't want to be your diversity hire. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be. Yeah, who, like, oh, I didn't get this because I'm
0: actually good at this. I just got it because.
1: That reminds me of that thing that I sent you on Instagram. Uh, it was a tweet from at the Amara report. People really reveal what they think about people of color when they automatically equate adding diversity, which should just already be there, to a watering down of qualifications. Yes.
0: Yeah, I remember that one. That's that's a really good one because mm-hmm. it's like, you, right, if, if the problem is diversity and like for trying to find people that are qualified for your position or your university, then you need to start closer to the beginning to find out why those people aren't getting there because it's not that they're not smart or it or like that they don't work hard enough it's that they're not given the same opportunities
1: one last thing before I guess we can start unpacking like our thoughts even though we've been unpacking our thoughts <laughs> this is as all we've hard. been talking the last thing that I wanted to cover with the shooting itself was that the victims names weren't said by the media if we remember that, they weren't revealed right away. And then when they were released, they weren't spelled right and they weren't pronounced right. And it just, again, shows a lack of effort on everyone's part. And that, to me, harkens back to how so many people, when they're raised, especially by immigrant parents, they feel the obligation to anglicize their names to fit in, to make others feel more comfortable. The lack of effort by the media to pronounce the victims' names, it just shows that they don't really care. And so the AAJA released a pronunciation guide for the victims. And these videos were created by reporters Janice Yu and Francis Wong. And it states the correct pronunciation of each of the Chinese and Korean language names. So we'll be linking that in our podcast like, references, so we highly encourage y'all to check it out. Um, and with that, racism is not dead, y'all. I think that it's
0: starting to be talked about a little more and starting to be addressed a little more but I think that there's been a lot of damage caused by the the racism towards Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders
1: regarding COVID. And to piggyback on that, I don't think that this stuff has ever, like, you know, with COVID, but even before that, I think people are feeling more empowered to do so because of how people have been conducting themselves in positions of power. And that's what's disheartening for me because even like days before we were recording this episode there were still more things that were happening like a woman got beat up in manhattan trying to go to church and the security guard closed the door on her an uber driver got sneezed on and coughed on by a a woman saying i hope you get covid yeah it's it's exactly
0: that stuff that's it so it's like covid and a lot of people that are in charge and in media right now are like exacerbating it and making it okay for people to be more public about it, but it's not a new thing. It just feels like it feels like it's new because white people realized it's happening. I don't know, better better late than never. But it's still been really late. <laughs> it's so it's so late. And especially to think it only just started too. Right. It's so, I mean COVID really just gave people the excuse. What can white people do? I think, did I write that? Because (laughs) what can white people do? I think that outside of donating and volunteering where you can, I think that one of the biggest things, and and this is my opinion, so correct me if you think otherwise, Kyra, um, I think the biggest thing that white people can do is be accountable for yourself like address your own biases and where they are because they are like you probably have biases and address them among your friends and family because we have a responsibility we me as a white person and other white people have a responsibility to hold our friends and family accountable for racism and for stereotypes that we and they either know doing or don't know they're doing because there's a lot of biases that you grow up with that you don't realize are biases which is also insane but but
1: yeah you know just it's important to talk about it to piggyback on that i think that's great um there was this thing i read it was roughly after the protests began following george floyd's murder it's it's this quote that says ego is the line between performative activism and allyship While I love that people are sharing resources on social media, which they should, and they have, like, I don't think you should stop. It doesn't end there. You can't post a picture saying you're in in line and you stand in solidarity and then do nothing outside of that. And I know sometimes even I feel pressured to post on social media because everyone's doing it, but it's ultimately a personal choice, but it's one thing if you're just posting on social media and then you're not doing anything else. I'm grateful for the number of people who checked on me after the shooting happened to make sure I was okay. And I was I was fine, but do more than just check. I mean, you should, you should absolutely check on your friends, your friends of color when things are happening, but what else are you doing? You know, there are places to donate. There are people like, you can check on your friend, but then you're gonna, if you see something happen on the street or you see something on Facebook, that's wrong, and you don't say anything, I'm going to be like, well, do you really even care about me in that regard? Because just because you care about me, you're not caring, caring about the bigger picture. And I don't know, it just, it rubs me the wrong way when people say, like, when people post on social media, but then it clearly doesn't go past that. Like, what what else have you done? Right. And
0: And I understand that in some spaces it can be unsafe for you to speak out that's not what we're talking about I'm talking about more like your racist grandma says something like you can call her out it's okay she's she can take it and it also doesn't have to be like (laughs) you know yelling either it can be like hey I have some articles for you to read grandma
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, even on that note, it doesn't have to be a fight, but everyone, I am still actively unlearning biases that I have. Like, you are learn actively. It's just, it is not something that happens overnight. You have to, one, you have to be willing to be open to being like, wow, what I said was pretty fucking racist that one time and committing to not doing it again and learning from it because- growth is good right and you know can you know blah 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 i know that cancel culture is a big thing and i'm not going to talk on that right now but you know i do believe that everyone has capability of growing of apologizing properly none of this i'm sorry you were offended i'm sorry if
0: you were offended
1: yeah or (laughs) it wasn't my
0: intention (laughs)
1: Right, no, I'm sorry I said these things. I'm sorry I did those things that was horrible, that was wrong. I sincerely apologize move like I am taking steps to actively work towards right. That. no excuses,
0: no reasons for why it happened. Just I'm sorry, and this is what I'm doing. yeah, I'm sorry because this is what I'm doing to be better in the future. I think it i I feel like it's really important. it helps me a lot um with contextualizing learning about these, like all of these things that um, are often new to me. What you said about uh, ego, I try to always remember that like everyone is racist. I am racist, right? And it's important to say that to yourself out loud sometimes to, to kind of, to be able to check your ego at the door and be like, this is, like we all have biases, like you said earlier, and that's okay as long as you're trying to address them.
1: And I guess on that note, if you are curious on how to do more to help in other ways, we want to kick off a fundraiser for the AAPI Women Lead Nonprofit, and if you haven't heard we're on ko Co- ko coffee i, I don't coffee okay Co- Co- we're gonna argue about this off off of the mic but i guess to backtrack people asked us if we had a patreon we don't nothing is, that we put forth is paywall locked but one we'd love i mean we're we're a two-woman shop running this stuff so one we'd love donations because it helps buy us um coffee to fuel us from editing and two it i can get some licensed music who knows but on that That'd note we awesome i just want to get that lawn order theme song bum, bum. <laughs> bum, bum. that's all i want but we have that ko-fi ko-fi Ko-fe-fe, whatever we have that we have a link there and if you donate using the hashtag stuff I donate within that donation, we'll be donating 100% of those proceeds to the AAPI Women Lead. And that's that'll just go on for forever. We didn't really establish an end date. As long yeah, as you if use that you, hashtag. If you use the hashtag, that's what it
0: goes to. If you don't use the hashtag, it goes to our caffeinated selves.
1: So yeah, that I think to donate... It goes to a good cause. If you don't use the hashtag, it goes to an okay cause, which is the caffeine fund. An okay cause? I can't say we're a better cause. than we're just No, dicks. no, no, no. We're
0: just, um, <laughs> like, the next rung down. No, that's not quite right either.
1: So yeah, just, it, it goes to us. And we're grateful for any support, whether it's um, listening, downloading, or with the monetary donations. We have over 50 downloads now so i mean i feel like all hip and cool (laughs) that's that's good it's good and yeah and we're on instagram and i'm working on doing better at running that but um at stuff i didn't write so give us a follow we just oh we just got approved to be on pandora after like two months or a month and a week of me trying that's pretty cool though Thanks again for listening to me and Emily rant about relevant stuff that's going on in the world today. This was an episode of Stuff I Didn't Write My Dissertation On. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Stuff I Didn't Write, and we'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs> um i don't know i don't read your mind are you sure i'm trying to it's not working
0: do you think there was like one person listening to our podcast for pandora delete
1: the recording i'm checking it right now like woman get off my (laughs) ass no